We're now going to have our reading. Miriam is going to come and bring our reading from Luke chapter 4. And just for context, this passage follows on immediately after Jesus is tempted in the desert. And following that, Luke records that Jesus returned to Galilee full of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Okay. Our reading today comes from Luke 4, 16 to 21. He went to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, help us to listen, help us to learn, and help us to celebrate. In Jesus' name, amen. So good morning. Happy Christmas, happy New Year, sort of, nearly. It's good to have you together here to celebrate. No more waiting, Christmas has come. All of that preparing that you did, it was all for that time and now it's come. I wonder how long it took you to eat your Christmas dinner compared to how long it took you to prepare your Christmas dinner. It's not really a very equal equation, is it? Well, I've brought some cake with me today because it is definitely time for cake. Uh, this was made by Miranda. She's an excellent cook and she baked it specially for the church family so that we could enjoy it together. So after the service, we'll cut it up and if you'd like a piece, you can. But if you, if you can't eat nuts, don't go anywhere near it, okay? It's got lots of nuts on the front. So it's definitely time for cake. And my talk today is going to be divided into four parts. And it's all about cake. Well, kind of. First of all, it's time for cake. Secondly, who is the cake for? Thirdly, is it time to eat yet? And fourthly, why the need for cake in the first place? So this is part one. It's time for cake. There were many prophecies, as you know, that a Messiah would come, the Saviour who would rescue God's people. And now Jesus has come as a baby. His parents then took him to the temple to be dedicated. And there were people there who'd been waiting all of their lives to see that prophecy fulfilled. When Simeon sees Jesus, the baby, he cries out in praise and he says, oh, finally, I can die happy now because I've seen God's salvation. I have been waiting for this all my life and now he's here. Well, then we hear Jesus speaking for himself as he is grown up. The Messiah arrived in the stable, but now he's grown up, he's been baptised. 
He's been tested, and now he's ready to start his ministry. It all starts now. And he reads this prophecy from Isaiah, and he says, I am the good news. Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. It's happening now. The world is never going to be the same again. The good news has arrived. It's time to break out the celebration cake. Now, if you are a Christian, this might be your experience that you know that God's salvation has become real. You might have found that after many years of searching, or you might have found it when you were very young. But at some point, you became aware of your need for God, and you recognized that in some way, Jesus holds the answer. Now, we made a book, as you might know, from the Lent reflections that many of you wrote. And you can buy it at the back in all good bookstores, except only that one over there. It's seven pounds, good price, do buy one. And you, some of you chose to share your story of how you came to faith, how you worked out that Jesus was your saviour, how it was time to celebrate for you. And one of those stories um, is from Mark, and I'm going to invite Mark up now to come and share what he wrote. He called it Sound Advice. Hi, morning, everybody. Um, so, sound advice I, for me was from Proverbs twelve fifteen, which is the, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice, which I didn't for many, many years. So, this is a quick snapshot of some things that have happened to me, and it's not in chronological order. Um, so, despite my history of having a religious upbringing in my youth, it never took hold of me during my teens. Um, it was at that time that I became, well, I thought self-sufficient. I was doing lots of, uh, about three different paper rounds and eventually um, also took on a Saturday job. And I was working in Baxter's the Butchers in Littlewoods, if anybody remembers that, in the meat counter. Um, which then earned me sort of money enough to satisfy my passion for buying LPs, going to concerts, and of course, eventually going to pubs. Um, I didn't really ever start talking to God I don't think but I did definitely stop talking to God at that time and I walked away from the church and although if I look back at it now he was instrumental in helping me to achieve all the things I have achieved in my life I never once gave it a thought that he was always there for me and would have given me his wisdom if I had listened instead I shut the door never heard his voice or listened to his voice and just drowned it out with all the noise that was in my head And I set in motion a recurring pattern of not listening to anybody. Not only did I not listen to God, but soon I was not listening to teachers, parents, as you can imagine. Um, When I left school with a smattering of O-levels, if you remember those, um, and three failed very badly A-levels. And after a few mediocre jobs, I landed one in an IT company, which back in 1978 was the industry to be in. Uh, when it came to you know, finances. And so I had very good pay that gave me even more license to follow the path of excess that I'd started on. Um, and then, because I was earning some money, I was one day allowed a credit card. And, um, and the world opened up even more for me as soon as I was the life and soul of the party, spending more than I was earning. Um, I lived my life on, again, my own terms, if you like, making things happen which seemed to, and certainly didn't need anybody to guide me, so I thought, 
and how to make the best of my life. I had no time for God, but the serpent was hard at work, stoking my fire of my own ego and um, allowing me to burn through credit at alarming rate. Um, and looking back, I realized I've perpetuated the whole thing for, for many, many years, shunning any advice that I was being given by, as I say, parents, managers, or even peers, even friends. And of course, Eve, none of this could ever last. Um, and even though God was continually presenting me with opportunities which I was taking to reform, uh, sorry, which I was taking and then giving me opportunity to reform, I, I never took those. And I first read this first when I was a youngster, when I was you know, back going to church in my, in my real youth, and it meant nothing to me, it was just brushed over my head. I read it again in around about my 30s, and I kind of laughed at the whole thing, I didn't understand it, and just laughed at the fact that there was a God, almost. Um, but I read this again when I first came to Christchurch, which was now two years ago, and when I came back to God, and it was just a simple verse, but for me it's profound. And isn't this the way? And that was the verse that started me back, that I'd been living like a fool, um, right in my own eyes, but never listening to advice. So when I actually came to listen to advice, came back to God, and it, as I say, took my life to reach complete despair, really, before I started listening. So this was written in Lent, and throughout Lent I've been making sure, and I carry on doing it now, to spend at least um, about an hour every day just asking God for advice and listening to his wisdom that I know I will hear. Thank you. Thank you. So maybe I should unwrap the cake. I wonder who the cake is for. I'll hold it out for you. Oh, it's got bits of chocolate orange on it. <laughs> and it's even got gold glitter. Beautiful. So who gets to enjoy the cake? Who is it for? Well, Jesus doesn't say that he's come for good people. He reads that prophecy from Isaiah that says he has come from the poor, both literally and metaphorically. It says that he's come for the brokenhearted, for the prisoners, for the oppressed. So if you don't feel much like celebrating today for whatever reason, it's good to know that our reason for celebrating is not in our circumstances. And Jesus returns to this kind of teaching again and again, doesn't he? He's always saying, I've come for the poor. If you think about those special blessings that he gives at the beginning of his big sermon on the Mount, he took the, we call them the Beatitudes. He talks about blessed are the poor, Blessed are the struggling. So what about today? Well, that's why Prasant and his team run Haven Home in India, the orphanage and the school for children who have nowhere to go. And that's why our youth team went out there. I've heard that they're safely back, which is very good news. That's why Ali and Chris and Jan and Richard love to go to Uganda. It's why Gary volunteers at the soup run it's why Deb works for In Hope. Just naming a few ways of the many that we as Christians in this place seek to bring God's blessing to the poor in material need, but also to the poor in circumstance, the orphaned, those who've been the victims 
of injustice. And in perfect timing, Sally's just brought up some gifts from CAP from the Quakers Road congregation, which is wonderful. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a moment. So the cake is definitely for the poor, whether poor in monetary terms or in the things that life has thrown at them. It's not just physical poverty or physical sickness. It's to do with our souls and what we need inside. That's why Paul runs the Alpha Course. That's why others volunteer with him so that people can discover the Christian faith for the first time or to have a refresher of it. It's starting in a few weeks' time in the middle of January if you're interested in that refresher on the Christian faith or finding out about it for the first time because you don't really feel that you've ever realized that the cake is for you. It's why Val runs the bereavement group. It's why Francis volunteers at Senior Film Club. It's why Anne-Louise heads up a ministry in our care homes. It's why Maggie and the team run warm spaces. It's why the youth team run Kintsugi Hope, which is about inner healing. It's why they open up the youth hub on Thursday nights to whoever wants to come. It's why we do tea and toast. We're looking to see who else is ready to come and celebrate. Who else is ready to hear that news that the cake is for them, the celebration, the good news is for them. There are many more things that I haven't mentioned. But it's because we believe that the God's promise of salvation is open to everybody. The banquet is for everyone. You're all invited. Everybody out there is invited as well. If they choose to accept the invitation, the cake is for sharing. It's not just for us to keep to ourselves. And I believe that's why Rosie works for CAP with Sally and Mark and the team. And why, as a church, we support this ministry of Christians Against Poverty, Helping People Out of Debt. So I'm going to invite Rosie up now. She's going to come and say a few words about that. Morning, everybody. Uh, as a church, we've celebrated the goodness and generosity of God through the Cap Christmas hampers. From the abundance that God has given to us, we've been able to give to others and your incredibly generous donations of food, cash, and vouchers has made a difference to 37 households this Christmas. Uh, through hampers, supermarket vouchers, gifts for our more vulnerable clients, and some Asda home deliveries. Every single person has received at least 20 pounds of supermarket vouchers, going up to 40 pounds for our families, which has been just a massive thing for a family, you know, to get that money to spend as they want. Um, I thought it would be nice to share some of the comments that I've had from families. Actually, I thought you'd really enjoy hearing them. So I'll just read a few of them. Thanks so much. The voucher was above and beyond. I've never been spoilt so much. Thank you for the hamper and two Christmas presents and, and the cards, because, of course, the children made cards that went in the hampers. The only cards that I'm getting this year, so thank you all. Many thanks for so many things I would have had to go, go without this Christmas. Thank you for the cards also. I shall wait until Christmas Day to open them. It makes the day more special. This family said, 
Jeepers, thank you all so much for your help. It's wonderful. Another one said, thank you so much for the lovely food and vouchers and Christmas cards. It will help so much over Christmas because it's such a difficult time. Another one said, I've received the hamper and cards. Thank you so much. It's so kind of you all at the church. I'm overwhelmed with such kindness. And this one's my favourite. This is from a mum um, with children. She's been faithfully paying into her cat plan every month since um, the beginning, the very beginning of COVID. Um, so if you can imagine with the cost of living going up and she's managing on her benefits to keep paying in month after month after month. And she said, thank you so much for sorting the hamper. And this time next year, I won't be using CAP. And she sent a celebration emoji because she finishes, she becomes debt free during the course of this year. So that's fantastic. Well, is it time to eat the cake yet? How do we know if it's time? In our family, if I make a cake for a special event, I have to label the tin very carefully, especially if Johnny's around. I have to say, not for Dobson's, it's for bring and share lunch, or it's for this event or whatever, because otherwise I'll come home and find it's already been eaten. I wonder if in your family anybody ate anything in these holidays that they weren't meant to? Something that was supposed to be saved for a special occasion or for a special day? Anybody, anybody transgress in that way? Oh, you're so good. So how do we know that it's time to get stuck in? How do we know that celebration time is here? It's easy in our country to tell that it's Christmas with all the decorations and the food in the fridge, the family members, the time off work. But I understand you can buy Easter eggs now, so some confusion. Many people throughout the ages across the world have come and said, I've got the answer to life. I know what it's all about. You just need to buy my book. You need to follow me, whatever. And the prophets had many stories about how the Messiah would come. The wise men, they looked to the stars, they looked to astrology. But Jesus says, you know it's time, you know I've come, just look at my miracles. A couple of weeks ago, Nigel preached on Matthew 11, when John the Baptist, in a moment of doubt perhaps, sent followers to Jesus to say, you know, John wants to know, are you the one? Are you definitely the one? And Jesus says, look what's happening. People who can't walk can now walk. People who can't see can now see. The deaf can hear. You can trust that it's me, it is me. Look at what's happening. Freedom to the captives, healing. These miracles are signs that celebration time has begun. Jesus was told off, wasn't he, by the Pharisees because he kept eating and drinking with sinners. Not just that he was with the sinners, but that he was eating and drinking with them. He was partying with them. They said, you shouldn't be doing that. But Jesus says... The bridegroom is here. The bride party is ready. It's time to celebrate. Why would you not? So I wonder, are we looking for the signs that God is at work? Are we looking for the signs that it's time 
to get stuck in, and we grasp that, that it's now, now is the time to get stuck in to life with God. That's why Ruth and Pauline and the team do prayer ministry. It's why we meet regularly to pray in the mornings, Monday to Wednesday, and why some of us do it in our dressing gowns on Wednesday mornings on Zoom. It's why some of us are in prayer triplets. It's why we pray for our front lines regularly, why we talk about them in life groups, why we study God's word together so that we can look for the signs. We're looking for the opportunities, both when we're together gathered in church and when we're out in the community, we're looking for signs of what God is doing and how we can join in. Because we believe it's now, it's happening now. Jesus has prepared the way that anyone who wants to respond to God and receive his salvation can do so. So we can see the signs of lives changed and transformed by forgiveness, by love and by hope. It's time to celebrate and it's time to get stuck in. Ruth McNeil wrote another of the articles in our book and she's going to come up now and read that to us. And Ruth will tell you about some of the amazing stories that she has seen through her prayer ministry work of lives transformed. So do ask her afterwards. She won't break any confidences, but she'll have stories to tell, won't you? This is the book. It's back there on the right-hand side. Jeremiah 29, 11. I will restore to you the years the locusts have eaten. I was born to my parents late in their lives. They were 46 years old. And I was in the womb for six months before my mum was given the news by the doctor after her visit to see him as she'd been feeling a bit unwell. It was a great shock. And she was overwhelmed with feelings and thoughts of however will I cope. It's now widely recognized that events that happen to fetuses from the earliest time in the womb can have great and lasting effects on that person for life. So the shock that mum received would have affected me, but the greatest effect was rejection. I was in that place for six months, unknown and unwanted. When I was born, fortunately, I was very much loved, but the damage was already done. Through school, I felt that I wasn't really liked by anyone. Although I had friends, I felt that they didn't really want me. I felt alone, even in company. In groups, I always felt on the edge or on the outside, not wanted, only tolerated. And rejection followed me through my life. But Father God has a story for each of us. Some of us have a story written for us by various circumstances from conception or early years which shape our lives differently from God's plan. Some of us choose a different story for ourselves, allowing outside influences, not wise ones, to shape us. Through a friend who was part of God's ministry and wholeness through Christ, I was introduced to this amazing ministry in the early days of my Christian faith. And she trained me. And I started to receive in-depth ministry. On my first session, 
I suddenly had the word locusts come into my head. It meant nothing to me, but it did to the people ministering to me. They quoted the verse that heads his talk. God has been so faithful and loving, full of such grace and mercy to me over the years, bringing me through to the place of healing that I now live in. And there must be many of you listening to this or reading this whose story has been shaped differently by the stuff of life. But there can be healing for you too. Father God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Well, here's the cake sitting here, not being eaten yet. Let's recap. So we know about this cake. We know that it's for everybody. And we know that it is for us. And we know that it was bought at a price. So why the cake? Well, this is time for God to shine. It's time for him to show us how much he loves us. It's time for everyone to hear, not just a small group of people, not just the Jewish people to whom God first revealed himself as a pattern for how we could all relate to him one day. It's for everyone now. And because God is involved in our world and he wants to be involved in our lives. Jesus spoke those words from Isaiah. It's the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus spoke of the kingdom of heaven being like a banquet, a time when God is among his people so we can experience the joy of a relationship with him, the creator. When everyone comes home for the holidays, the special food is brought out and enjoyed. This is the time that the world has been waiting for. But we know in some sense we're still waiting. We're waiting for an even greater time of celebration to come, when the earth and the heavens will be renewed and restored, when God will be among us, when war and suffering will end. But now we have a foretaste of all that's coming. That's why we celebrate communion regularly, remembering a special meal that God had, Jesus had long ago with his friends and celebrating that we are now God's children together. We spend time as a church family being brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why we have bring and share lunches. There's one coming up very soon on the 14th of January. So do sign up, put that in your diary, and come along, share food with us after the service. It's why life groups meet and sometimes have social occasions together. It's why Elevate Youth get together to study the word and to enjoy being in fellowship. It's why we have messy events. There's been a lot of joy over the last few days here in our Christmas services. They've been fantastic, haven't they? And we've worked so hard to put them on. We've worked so hard to advertise them, to invite people, to get everything ready, because we want as many people as possible to be included in that joy. 
We wanted people to come to those services, even if they weren't sure why, they weren't sure what it was all about, we weren't sure if they really believed what they were hearing. But you never know, it might be the moment for somebody that they began to understand. Ah, I'm invited as well. I'm included too. I get to eat the cake as well. We called to help them to get to that point, to get them into the best possible place to respond to the Holy Spirit. That's what all that we do is all about because God wants to dwell with his people and he wants everybody to share. Tim Fear discovered this on the Alpha course a few years ago. Maybe the Alpha course is where you could rediscover or discover for the first time this joy of knowing that you're invited as you explore God's plan of invitation and his rescue plan for the world. So I'm going to read from Tim's extract from the book. Uh, Tim couldn't be here to read it himself. So Tim called it the moment of truth, and he chose the verse John 10.10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. This is what Tim writes. I don't have an extensive knowledge of the Bible by any means, but this verse knocks me to the floor in praise every time I read it and especially when I hear it. I guess I spent most of my life hiding behind a facade of self-confidence. But the reality was quite different. When alone with just my thoughts, I was plagued with guilt, shame, self-loathing and crippling insecurity, always wishing that every fibre of me was different. It was around halfway through the Alpha course that I attended in 2018 that the penny dropped. The video so beautifully presented by Nikki and the team talked about the devil and his evil doing in our hearts and minds. We discussed this as usual afterwards with a healthy slice of cake and it dawned on me that if God had so wonderfully made us and Jesus had died for us, then what reason did I have to feel so awful about being me, his creation, his precious child. When it clicked that this self-destruction and ungrateful doubt was the work of the enemy, Satan, it really was a light bulb moment. So this passage always takes me back to that moment of realization that it was all true. From then on, I began to entertain the notion that I was indeed loved in an indescribable way by a force so strong that all I had to do was to let go and believe so that he could fill me to overflow with peace and joy that would indeed give me a life of abundance. That's from Tim. I think we should give Tim a round of applause for writing that. So we know that it's time to celebrate. We know that it's time for cake. We know that it's for everyone. We know that the signs are that it is time now. And we know why. So all that remains is to tuck in and enjoy. <laughs>